Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Well, welcome to this episode of Connect. It's a special annual conference version from Lake Junaluska. I'm here with uh, Drew McIntyre across the table from me, and we're just going to talk everything for the first 24 hours of annual conference. How are you doing, Drew? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you doing? Um, I have been worn out. <laughs> Lots of steps between Harrell Center and uh, Stewart Auditorium. but uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to compare steps, uh, but I'm at uh, today, right now I'm at 7,100. What are you at? I'm about 11,000 oh, right now. So. Yeah. And I bet yesterday was even more. Yesterday was 17,000. Oh, wow. So lots of bonus cash. In your I, I guess so. <laughs> well, what I know about my Fitbit and that whole program is uh, I would have to walk about 100 miles a day to get to level four. So, uh, okay. So I've just about done all I can do. This the law month. of diminishing returns has kicked in. That is correct. <laughs> so um, we've been here, well, we, some of us have been here a longer period, but uh, you know, the actual startup conference was last night at 7 o'clock, and you and I are recording this, you know, about 8 o'clock on a um, Thursday evening. So 24 hours or so at Junaluska, you know, the clergy have gathered um, let's uh, talk. How how are things going, in your opinion, for this first uh, first day? Uh, it seems to be going well. You know, it's um, uh, it seems like Lake Jay continues uh, to improve and and make changes, and their hospitality is amazing. I was actually I had to send a tweet about this just to uh, so Jack would know to, to to give this guy a raise. But I was up on the third floor of the of the of the, the terrace earlier, and. Um, and we were, I was just sitting there talking to someone from, from my church, and uh, there was this young man that, that scooted by, and he was clearly in a hurry, trying to work hard. He was in his Lake J outfit, mm-hmm. and, he, and he, it's like he stopped, he did a double take, and he came back, and he came back specifically to fluff the pillows and the, and the cushions and the leather couch. Hmm. So, so I don't know what's in the water, but there is a serious air of hospitality and a culture of excellence here yeah. at Lake Jay that's really impressive. And, you know, living up here year-round and, and getting to you know, talk with Jack regularly, that is his thing. And uh, I do think that they have impressed that on all of their staff in a way it's never been done here. Um, I can go back to 1986. <laughs> I was a member of the staff here. I was four years old. <laughs> yeah. So in 86, I was uh, just out of seminary. Um, I got a job working here for the summer before I went off to grad school. And excellence was not a part of who we were. <laughs> um, I mean, I was lucky to have the job, but I'm thinking there was not that constant stream of we've got to be hospitable and we've got to be better than the average Joe. And yeah. it's it's showing here. Definitely. And and it has really improved over the last four years. I mean, I, I can see the difference nearly every day. And, you know, uh, when I came in uh, to this office, I'm here at the Herald Center, and I have my office here every year. Um, I got in at like 7 o'clock on Tuesday morning, and Jack Ewing is out hoeing wow. weeds uh, in front of the administration building. And what CEO do you know that's uh-huh. out there doing that? But that's, he, he leads by example, and when they see him out there, 
everybody's going to do that. And so that fluffing of the pillows is a part of that overall thought. Well, yeah. my boss would do it if he saw it. Yeah. Um, I better do it. That's amazing. And so, yeah, I can say the same thing about the people that I work closely with. There's a guy, Brian, that works in services, and I have never had anybody more responsive than him. This is the second year he's been doing this. But, like, if I needed a table or if I needed um, boxes moved or whatever uh, for all the displays, the guy is on it. I can text him, and the next thing I know, it's done. And wow. <laughs> it was the other night. Um, somebody needed boxes moved down to the auditorium from Terrace. Uh, he was moving them. Then I get an email saying, oh, um, we've decided that we just leave them there. And I said, <laughs> it's too late. You know, Brian's already done it. And, you know, that's like, that never happened. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are very fortunate uh, to be able to have annual conference here. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine just being a kind of a generic you know, Curry Center or something like that. I know we've had that debate before. I don't want to have it anymore. We have. Um, I'm so glad to, to be here. And, I, you know, and the change that they've, they've made to, to accommodate us and to address the concerns that have been raised, I, it's just it's so impressive. And uh, people I know that are staying at the Terrace say it's a night and day difference from just a few years ago. Oh, that's a guarantee. Um, you know, well, you put a few million into a building and it will make a difference. I will. I, will. I, I feel like we're getting, this should be getting you a new sponsor for the program. Yeah, I'm going to call <laughs> Jack. I'm going to say, listen to this show and you know, give me we some didn't cash. We discuss this beforehand. This is no, totally this wasn't even part of what we were going to talk about. So eventually we'll get to what we were going to talk really, about. Yeah, we're preachers. We can keep doing this. But it is fascinating. I think that we need to get Jack to, you know. Uh, level it out or at least listen to it and uh, I'm probably going to get him on the show later in the summer and we're going to talk about how is it since last year because he and I talked last year and oh, great. things have been moving and I'd like to hear you know what the next uh, stage sure. is. In the meantime I feel like we should get t-shirts or something. Yeah. At least that's doable. Coffee cup. Yeah that'd be great. I love coffee. Okay. Or a beer glass. You probably don't do beer glasses but. No. <laughs> you can't get that at Lake Junaluska. <laughs> I have no comment. No. I understand. <laughs> but um, one thing that happened when we first got here in that first 24 hours was clergy session. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's always a high moment. I actually get to sit in for a clergy session, uh, unlike, uh, you know, I watch most everything from my little TV in 103, <laughs> but uh, clergy session, it's not on TV, so I have to actually sit in there. And um, I always enjoy it, even though um, clergy session can be uh, quite long and tedious. Um, and I realized that Wesley and all those that came after him had these questions in mind that we needed yeah. to be asked. Uh, but, whew, uh, it would be okay with me if we just took that paper and said, do you, you agree to this? <laughs> yes. But Check yes. with the, um, um, the thing, we need to uh, bring those candidates up, uh, candidates for ordained ministry, the provisional candidates. Uh, some of those, that's an important thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the fact that we vote on retiring members of annual conference, even though, you know, I've never seen anybody vote against it other than uh, in jest. Yes. Uh, that is such an important thing to know that we're part of a body um, that uh, takes care of its membership and actually says you're a part of us because we put our name on the line. Absolutely. Yeah, we're a covenant community. And that is, you know, something powerful. Um, yeah, I, I've been around other denominations over time, and you don't have that kind of covenant community. Yeah. Um, you know, in a in a more call system, well, yeah, I got called, and we might be part of the same association, but I don't really have anything to do with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
and that doesn't work with us. So, so there are some things that are important about those questions, but um, yeah, I, I would be glad to sign off and say thanks. And I, I do appreciate, though, that the, the bishop was specific uh, when talking about the, the general rules. I think we've all been um, in some ways corrupted by the popularization. Yeah, the Reuben Joe book. Yeah, yeah, which is a great book. It's I've, a wonderful I've, book. I did a sermon series based on it. Sure. I recommend it. But the in, now in popular parlance, so many people don't know the actual third rule. They just say, stay in love with God, which is not what John Wesley said. You are correct. It's, it's, that's the message version of what yeah. John Wesley said. And attend upon all the ordinances of God. Yeah, I, and I like, and he does it nearly every year. Yeah. And they're caught nearly every year I know, saying the same I thing. Know. Even the ones from Duke, it pains me. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, in actuality, we we would have to unpack that word ordinances. That is true. And um, it doesn't mean the same thing across all denominations. No, you and I both have some background where ordinances is. Uh, I much prefer, yeah, you have ordinances or you have sacraments. And no, that's not what he meant. Exactly. Yeah, these ordained means of grace. Is, yeah, yeah. And, and it's the kind of thing that is such an important part of those questions, the, the whole means of grace. And, and we being Methodists, the, the whole graceful approach, that's who we are. Absolutely. And, uh, and to know that uh, grace is not easy. Yes, absolutely. And mm. to be able to unpack that with a congregation, Oh yeah. to be able to disciple people to know, yeah, um, this is what those three general rules are about. Yeah. And that, and that, and and I'm and I'm not going to get to meddling here, but that there, that that grace and grace gracious rules are not uh, opposites, right? Exactly. That, that this 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 life has uh, has a certain quality to it that's held held together by by this covenant. Sure. And these general rules and this, yeah. So um, that is the important part of some of those long meetings. Now, yes. But you know, we also heard a number of reports that night. We heard from the Sanctuary Counseling Group. Uh, we heard from Big Sci Ministries. We heard from Leadership Development and uh, their Peer Learning Program, and from uh, the Brotherhood Sisterhood. So those reports began before we even got into the questions. Yes, they did. Yeah, some it's some exciting stuff. Um, I've um, I've done one of the retreats with uh, one of the calling gifted to lead mm -hmm. um, things before, and, and I need to ask him what if I'm allowed to do it again because that was a couple of years ago. But that that is a great. I'm going to ask him if I can get another thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> want to put it that way, but <laughs> that's a little on the nose. But that's that's what I was getting at essentially. Yeah, uh, I've got I definitely got some use for it, but uh, but definitely some some neat stuff happening. Of course. Um, you know, it's it's the last time uh, Bishop G will ask those questions right. uh, to to the incoming class, which is uh, as someone that he ordained is it's kind of sad for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, for me, one of the highlights of clergy session was uh, and just it's neat as uh, was voting in uh, Reverend Dr. Elaine Heath, who's the new dean of Duke Divinity School, right? Well known in our conference and a friend to our conference. But I'm kind of glad that I don't know how it all works and how these things get decided. But I'm glad she's in our conference and not the uh, the conference. Not the in which, other conference. Yes, not the other North Carolina conference. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's not the the first time uh, that the dean at Duke Divinity yeah. School is in this uh, conference. Uh, Greg Jones, he's uh, had his 
charge conference address at Waynesville First United Methodist Church. Oh, neat. Okay. So he's been a part of this uh, conference for a long time. Yeah. Now, if we want to get historical, of course, Duke did have its origins in our conference in That's Randolph true. County. Exactly. In Trinity. That's why it's called Trinity College. So maybe it's a cue back to that. I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very glad to, to have uh, Dr. Heath in our, in our conference. That is a good thing. And uh, she and I go back. Um, 2012, I first met her. And she and her husband are just uh, grand folks. And the vision she has about the missional church and looking at the church from a, um, a wider perspective, mm. looking at ordained ministry from a wider perspective is a pretty amazing thing. Oh, um, definitely. And uh, I have a personal story about how she uh, came on to um, get hired at Duke. It was interesting in that she came to me because she preached in 2013, and she called me up and said, how do I get a hold of my sermons that I preached? Mm. And so you know, I put her in touch with Lake Junaluska because we don't keep uh, all of those uh, videos on file. Right. But you know, I helped her get all set up, and she goes, now, you were there. Do you remember me saying anything that would get me drummed out? <laughs> and uh, I said, well... You know, being a graduate of Duke, there might be some folks that find it uneasy um, because you talk about um, pastors having a, a second career and uh, working um, bivocationally and those kinds of things. That's not usually talked about at Duke. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and then this whole business of uh, uh, living in intentional communities and all, and though they have good examples in Durham, it's not part of the curriculum. Right. Like, she made it a part of her students' curriculum yeah, that's amazing. at SMU. And so it was interesting that we got um, those tapes, and she sent them as a part of her application. And I knew that she was a candidate, and I couldn't talk about it for a couple of months Yeah. Um, because, you know, part of the process. Well, after all of the candidates were released, uh, I happened to be down at Duke on a continuing ed thing uh, that Call and Gifted the Lead paid for. There you go. And... Uh, I'm there talking with one of my old friends that's, you know, been there forever and connected like uh, glue to <laughs> the fabric of Duke. And uh, we were talking about some of the candidates for Dean. And, and I mentioned, well, what do you think about Elaine Heath? And he said, you don't have a chance. She doesn't have a chance. Oh. And I said, well, that's interesting. And, you know, I asked him to elaborate. And, well, the things she teaches, the way she teaches, that's not how Duke does things. <laughs> I told her that story yeah, after you know, she had been uh, nominated and hired. And I, I said, well, you showed them, didn't you? Absolutely. And, uh, and I, think, I think Duke gets it. And you know, both of you, you and I are graduates there. I think that our school is getting it, that... It's a different world these days, yeah. and we've got to approach ordained ministry. We've got to uh, approach the way we uh, disciple new candidates for ministry. Absolutely. And who better to do it than someone that's been in the process of doing it? And I do think, uh, Mike, with uh, there is, I think, a level of continuity there, or I see some um, some similarities with uh, some of the things that... that um, 
Dean Jones would talk about in terms of the, the combination of tradition and innovation. Oh, that's him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you see that a lot with, with uh, Dr. Heath as well. Exactly. Um, so I think that, um, that, that she'll be able to add her own flavor but also continue a lot of things that are, have yeah. gone well. Duke, yeah, so. and it's the kind of thing uh, he and I have talked on the Connect show, and um, you know, it was really highbrow stuff to be sitting you know, across the microphone uh, talking mm-hmm. about innovation with a guy that's been doing it. Oh, absolutely. And to know that he means business. And one of my favorite stories that we talked about on that show was you know, um, talking about how children learn um, in these days and times, especially with technology and things like that. And, and then we were looking at the local church, and do you have iPads in your Sunday <laughs> school? In the pews? Yeah. It's the kind of thing that, you know, three-year-olds know how to use technology better than oh, most yeah. of the folks in the pews. For sure. And, you know, we as a church need to be ready to transform, to work with a whole group of people that, you know, have left us in the dirt, mm-hmm. technology-wise. And he gets that. And she gets that. Yeah. And uh, their students, uh, the younger students that are coming along, they get it much better oh, sure. than you and I, yeah. even though you're much younger than me. Um, <laughs> we still have the same haircut, though. We still have the same haircut. <laughs> and But it's the kind of thing that you came along in a more digital world than I ever did. Um, but most of my living in the last, say, 15 years has been digitally inclined. And so I do understand the younger folk, but uh, I'll never be as good at it, and I'll never be uh, as adept as my son. Mm. Um, Well, it's the the difference in um, being a a native to a particular culture and being a missionary where you have to learn the culture. You'll always be an outsider, but you can become adept in that culture. Okay. Um, Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a little break. We'll come back after these couple of commercials, and uh, I'm going to give Jack Ewing a call as these (laughs) commercials are running. Good, good. And then uh, we'll come back and talk about today. Sounds good. All right. My name is Sally Queen, and I'm the Associate Director of Ministerial Services. By virtue of our baptism, we are all called into ministry. This call is being faithfully lived out in the communities of Western North Carolina as people of all ages participate in building God's kingdom. Others are responding to God's call to license or ordain ministry by committing to faithfully lead our churches in vitality. All who are called are using their talents and gifts to follow Jesus, make disciples, and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people, as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. One of our sponsors is the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina, and you can find out more about them from um, the sponsor page on our show's website, which is umconnect.info. So we're back, <coughs> excuse me, with uh, Drew McIntyre. We're here at Lake Junaluska. They, the uh, service just ended at um, Stewart Auditorium on Thursday night, and 
uh, people are headed out to various things and various groups are gathering. And so we're going to keep this short so he can go and gather. There you go. Uh, but we wanted to, we talked a lot about Lake Genelowski. We talked a lot about clergy session and some other things. Let's talk about today's uh, agenda. Uh, it started out with opening worship. Uh, any impressions from opening worship? Yeah, it was it was strong. I had it was neat to see several of my friends uh, were, were liturgists this morning, and this this kind of wraps around to last night as well as this morning. But there was a um, a really beautiful candlelight vigil mm, last night, right, right, um, uh, to honor and lift up the the victims of, of the Orlando uh, shooting, and there was also a, a very beautiful uh, time of silence in the service uh, mm. this morning that I thought was very appropriate, um, and I, I was glad that we were able to to do that. Uh, yeah. Before we shared communion and preaching and everything, but um, you know, I always love. It's always a, such a treat and a blessing to come together and worship. Because as members, uh, as clergy members of the conference, this is our church. You're right. Um, so to to be able to, to be in worship together and sing and um, take communion together, and uh, it's just a, a great blessing. And uh, and I was very very touched this morning. Yeah, for me, um, this has always been a special place, uh, in that for the longest of time, you came and sang all the great hymns. Um, it, it's changed a little bit. We, we've got a variety of music these days, but for the longest time, John Palmer would play the organ, uh, and it was the great hymns of the church. And you know, if you were out in you know East Flat Rock, uh, where your organist wasn't an organist, <laughs> you had a pianist, um, to hear the great hymns of the church on an organ yeah. is just a powerful thing. And so for some of us coming here, it was the first time we got to hear that organ sure. boom out those. And what a wonderful experience that is um, to do that. Uh, things that we don't normally get to do in our local parish, you get to do here during annual conference. And you know, there's a sense that um, the worship team that's pulling all that together, they know this. And they, they, you know, they're pulling out all the stops and trying to make sure that each one of us has you know a little tug on the heart to say definitely this is your place this is where you come and and this is where i'm fed as a united methodist clergy is at yeah. my annual conference and, and that that's um the that mural in the background is beautiful it too. is it's isn't it a really it? beautiful piece yeah i was i was telling oliver uh Heltzebeck, who's in charge of the worship team uh today um that when i first came in and i was in here early and it was just white curtains with this what I thought was a small quilt. Mm. But by the time they got it all together with the lighting and things like that, and they've got a little spotlight right in the middle of that that just sets it off, and yeah. it's like, wow. And the you know, symbol is a basin of water, mm. your baptism. And it just hits home. It does. Yeah, and so it's a quilt, but when it's all lit up, it, it's stained glass. And um, it's one of the more beautiful uh, things we've done at annual conference for a worship setting. And, you know, you and I have both agreed that, you know, the look up there looks worship to me. It does. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So worship was great. Uh, I actually uh, was at Wesley Seminary for a semester. So I finished at Duke. Okay. And I took a, a semester um, there, the National Capital Semester. And, um, oh, yeah, okay. I always wondered who did that. You did that. Okay, I did that. They're, they still have that. They still have it. Um, it's a little different now, but roughly, you know, to have a semester in Washington, think about ethics and public policy, mm -hmm. and uh, to, you know, part of that experience then was to be an intern. So do I understand this correctly, that we go to Washington, D.C. to learn about ethics? Well, <laughs> yeah. 
I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. But it but it was interesting <laughs> to think. Um, but uh, among church leaders, uh, and at that point in time, uh, this was in the 80s, there were some very powerful people on the Hill. Yeah. Um, you got Mark Hatfield. I got to meet him. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Robin, what was Robin's name from Greensboro, one of our own. But all of these uh, leaders who were strong Christians, and not, not name only, but folks that walked the, the talk. Mm. And um, we got to meet all of the, the giants while oh, I was awesome. there. Uh, so they would come and talk to our class for an hour. And um, the guy that uh, ran the program then used to be um, a legislative assistant for somebody. Oh, wow. And so he knew everybody. And and he had this strong Christian faith. And he wanted, what what makes you tick as a Christian and a politician? Which is a hard question to ask. We yeah. don't even ask that question now. No, no. But 20 years ago. The answers are too frightening now. Yeah, 30 years. <laughs> 30 years ago. Good night. <laughs> To think that I was in school that long ago, but um, to sit down and talk with these folks, how do you how do you live out your faith and live with the incongruencies of yeah. uh, this whole political machine? That's great. Was a very powerful experience. And then my internship uh, for that semester was at Sojourners Magazine. Oh, awesome! Yeah. And so you know, I went from you know the power circles of Washington Road, the the subway or uh, whatever they call it up there, but the train. Mm -hmm. I'd ride out to this little dump and, uh, <laughs> in the suburbs, and, you know, they, they told me to, you know, not carry any cash and wow. to, to walk as quickly as possible from the train station to the magazine office. You know, most of them lived in the community, uh -huh. but if you were from outside of the community, you had to, you know, think about it. And I was a young kid from Alabama. It was uh, uh, a sort of frightening experience, sure, sure. but... Uh, there with Jim Wallace. Uh, oh, wow. And the whole nine yards. What a gift. That was. And this was back in a time um, when he was, a, I think, Church of the Brethren or something. Okay. Um, he was more from a uh, um, an association kind of uh, church and more of a congregational system and uh, didn't have any kind of denominational bent whatsoever. Uh, he's becoming a United Methodist since then. Really? Yes. Believe Jim, it or not. Jim Wallace is a Methodist? He's a Methodist in the Baltimore-Washington Conference. I had no idea. Yeah. And How strange. Uh, yeah. His wife, I think, is a Methodist preacher. I'd have okay. to check that one out. I'm but glad. it was like a really odd thing. Yeah. Well, well, it's never too late to be saved. I guess so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you look at his practical living as a Christian, it hasn't changed greatly. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, he was, uh, um, he was taking a bold stance. I think now there is a whole kind of progressive evangelical movement. That's right. But when he was talking early 80s. There wasn't a progressive right, evangelical I mean, I mean, yeah, movement. Yeah, you know, that was... You know, that that was, was off the wall. Right. To was, be pro-life and against war. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. to, to be uh, anti-poverty and uh, for the immigration yeah, uh, yeah. of people. I don't hear that to from the To be Christian right. and be political and not be the religious right. Exactly. <laughs> and the moral majority. It was a very different world, and I love spending uh, that time with him. I was actually uh, his assistant. Wow. To his, his assistant to his assistant. And so we uh, handled all of his travel arrangements and things like that. And uh, Jim would come in and say, I'm traveling to Detroit. Uh, get me a list of everybody in our 
we didn't have a database. It yeah. was before computers. <laughs> look through the files. Who who in Detroit should I talk with while I'm there? Wow. So I'd go through, and there were some really powerful uh, preachers there. Uh, Bill Quick was a United oh, Methodist. Yeah, sure. So he was one that uh, we hooked up when he was in Detroit to talk to Bill Quick. And well, you're, you're talking about your Wesley semester, and we should we should say we we talked a lot about Duke, but it is great. We had a wonderful preacher from uh, from Wesley Seminary. Exactly uh, for worship, and it's great to have. I think that's how we got off on all of it. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I wanted to, I, I didn't want to Thank you for bringing us back. <laughs> I had a feeling that's where you're going with that. Yeah. But uh, as much as we do talk about Duke, I have my, my, my DS from the district I'm leaving from URI, uh, Laura Otten, is a yeah. Wesley alum, and I know we have a lot of great folks that come through Wesley, and um, I've gotten to interview and sit down with uh, the president there, David McAllister Wilson. And, um, he was a grad. student when I was there. Wow, okay. That's, how neat. Yeah, he and his wife were uh, both students at the same time. Oh, okay, and, how neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting how all my friends become deans and presidents of seminaries. and I'm, I'm, gonna hang I'm out. sitting at H103. <laughs> you know? I'm going to hang out with you more. I yeah. can't see what happens. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll go on and move up the ranks. There you go. I, I will still be here. <laughs> you do have a lovely cubby hole down here. Though. I do have a lovely cubby hole. I, I love the piping up and down my uh, fire system, just in case you know we start a fire. Very fascinating. So, uh, so we had great preaching today from Bill McLean, but he was uh, a powerful preaching professor. Absolutely. I didn't take preaching from him, but he preached regularly in the chapel. And okay. It was powerful stuff, and. Uh, and, you know, that was a guy who lived what he spoke of, yeah. lived the civil rights movement, uh, and managed to uh, come out on the other end to say, uh, uh, we can do this as a people of God. Yeah. We might not can do it as a nation well, but as a people of God, we should be working on this. Absolutely. And... Um, and he was good about reminding us of those things. Mm. Didn't mind talking about justice yeah. from the pulpit. And, and didn't mind talking about uh, us becoming all that God called us to be. So, opening worship. And then we moved into business in the afternoon. Now, one thing, for me at least, and, and we talked a little bit about general conference. Have good preaching and worship and then move into business and lose the whole spirit. I didn't get that feeling. I never no. get that feeling at annual conference. We we move from worship and and we keep on in a in a really good spirit. Yeah. I and I guess it's easier when you're not, you know, using uh Robert's rules of order and the voting <laughs> machines and you know fighting it out like they were doing at general conference. But um to to hear reports from people doing amazing things across the conference and Definitely. um to know that uh we are together in an amazing uh, journey, and uh, and it takes all of us to make these things happen. And that you know that's sort of the reports, and I feel worshipful in in all of that. Absolutely, time. it's wonderful to hear about all the different. You know, you come here and you learn about all the wonderful ministries happening in our conference and the things that different Methodists across our conference support, and uh, and it's it's just it's very empowering. It's very hopeful and joyful and, and and it's it's why I believe Papa Wesley wanted us to have conference. We could actually hear from each other and learn from each other and support one another in our various ministries and tasks. Yeah. And so in our history, uh they'd come to conference for a couple of weeks and stayed for months. Yes. Uh, I'm glad we don't do that. 
I am as well. My wife would be very upset <laughs> if I didn't come home for a couple of months. I believe in those early days, uh, the, the, the circuit riders probably did not have wives that were missing them. <laughs> well, that's probably true. And they didn't live long, so might as well spend some time at conference. That is correct, yes. And so um, we can say that. They didn't have a Fitbit. The but if they did, it would be rough, I think. Uh, you're absolutely correct. So uh, we're coming to the end of the night. This is our first uh, podcast from annual conference. Um, we're going to talk again tomorrow, and, and it will air on Saturday. Um, you get the last word. I've talked enough tonight. I, I went into the whole uh, Wesley thing for <laughs> way too long. So you get the last word tonight. I get the last word. Well, Mike, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to be with you. Uh, it's fun to do, get to do this uh, again. Thank you for the work that sh you do for our conference. Thanks to all the listeners that are out there. Please uh, share this, like this, let people know that this is out there. Um, give, uh, uh, tell Jack thanks for doing a great job here at Lake Junaluska. Thanks to all those organizing worship and doing a great job. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again on Saturday. All right. And thanks for listening, everybody. And this is on Blog Talk Radio. You can get the podcast at our uh, regular site, umconnect.info. It's also going to be on iTunes. Awesome. And so just to let you know that uh, we've gone from about 200 listeners a show to about 2,000. And, awesome. and if you're listening, you're a part of that 2,000 or so. That is great. And so we'll see how the annual conference special edition does this year. But we'll be back for another one during annual conference. Thanks again, Drew, for being on the show. Thank Thanks you, for listening, and we'll be back the next time, connecting United Methodists and their stories. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about them on the sponsors section of the website, umconnect.info. I'm Michael Rich, and you've been listening to Connect.